being able to have that background in the field and to be able to connect on a person-to-person basis with what the field goes through each day, that's been huge to be able to relate with them, understand, okay, I understand what you're looking at. I understand what you're going through. And then also trying to push them, understanding what they are capable of. Welcome to the Marketing Home, Marketing You podcast. Week after week, Barbara Savona of Sprout Marketing brings you quality conversations with industry leaders, mini marketing workshops, and step-by-step guides on everything marketing, business, and career growth. So grab a cup of coffee and get ready for some outside-the-box ideas from the girl that lives inside the shipping container box. Friends, you're in for a special treat in this week's episode of Marketing Home, Marketing You. I'd love to welcome and introduce you to my friend, Liz Schloss with Baron, Welcome, Liz. Thank you. Appreciate you having me. Well, I'm excited for this conversation. We have, I've met you many years ago and we recently reconnected and I'm just, I'd love a little bit of intel. I know you and I had a great conversation around this, but can you share and see all Baron? what are your core responsibilities? What does a day in the life look like for you? Well, um, you know, it's busy, uh, which is, I don't think I'd ever any other way, right? Right. um, I oversee all of the operations from a, a barren perspective for the company, as well as the multifamily, helping out with the industrial piece. And then I'm heavily involved in the development side of our business, just because that's pretty much my background and my specialty growing up, what I always say, playing in the dirt um, <laughs> for the last 20 years. Um, so I'm, I have a heavy you know, stick in that area as well. So, okay, I know a little bit about your journey, but can you kind of give us like a a condensed version of how you got here? Sure. Well, I, you know, I always say real estate found me Um, within, um, you know, when I first started in 98, um, finishing college as a leasing consultant. I grew up in the field. So leasing consultant, assistant manager, marketing director, manager. So I kept on working my way up. I absolutely loved the field um, and the development side of everything and and really found that, you know, when I had an opportunity to find the opposite side of the business with the financial, the capital, that was very intriguing to me. So I kept on, you know, um, I was very inquisitive, kept on asking questions, kept on probing, and eventually just found myself in the spot in a corporate level position. Um, and... And really just have, have, I've had some great mentors in my life. So, and, you know, been able to flourish under their leadership. That's incredible. So you, you were in the leasing space. Did you have a role in marketing as well for a while? I did. I was in a marketing director for, you know, past company a long time ago um, and just really found a lot of, um, you, you know, I think coming into this position as a COO, being able to have that background in the field and to be able to connect on a person-to-person basis with what the field goes through each day, that's been huge to be able to relate with them, understand, okay, I understand what you're looking at. I understand what you're going through. And then also trying to push them, understanding what they are capable of um, because I've been there before. That's really a, a unique perspective. I think it gives you, like you said, such an advantage because it's that perfect lever of challenge and support because you're like, okay, I know the struggles, but I also know what we can do. And I feel that people receive that message better knowing that you've been in their shoes. Wouldn't you agree? I totally, I, you know, anytime you're dealing with, I would say the general public, you know, sometimes you have difficult days, sometimes they're great. 
Um, but going through the just a mixture of emotions each and every day between leasing or disgruntled resident or, you know, capital tours or, you know, your supervisor walks in, whatever it may be, there's so many different hats that you're wearing from an on-site personnel perspective. And so understanding what they go through each and every day, um, it it really helps them feel connected and and feel supported. So as you were kind of going in these different different parts of your journey, are there any underrated skills that maybe at the time you didn't realize were going to be so valuable for what you're doing today? We'll get right back to our conversation. But before we do, I just wanted to remind you, if you haven't already, go to sproutmonthly.com. There you can subscribe to our monthly digital magazine and make sure you subscribe your team also. This will give them an endless supply of ideas for the upcoming two months for their marketing, their resident events, their retention, social media, plus all these conversations that we have on the podcast. You'll also see these interviews inside of the magazines too. So make sure you go to sproutmonthly.com. You'll also get access to tons of free resources. All right, let's get back to it. As you were kind of going in these different different parts of your journey, are there any underrated skills that maybe at the time you didn't realize were going to be so valuable for what you're doing today? Yes. Um, you know, I think growing up as an athlete, you know, 12 years as an athlete, you start to all of the traits that you use, you know, that you had um, as an athlete are transitioned over to business. And so one of the things that I can really say that has helped me is I've learned to fail. Um, and I feel really good. Um, <laughs> I was not failing. You're not moving forward. Right. And, um, it's really about, okay, that didn't work. We're going to, going to assess this. What can I do better? Pick up, you know, pick yourself up, brush your knees off and let's move forward. So what, what was your sport of choice? Did you have several or what were you involved in? I swam. Yeah. Okay. I was a swimmer. Yep. So is that partially that you just, you cannot win every meet. So you learn to then in hindsight, evaluate where you could have been better. Do you feel like that was the specific thing? You know, I think what happens is with any athletic sport, you're learning time management, you're learning how to act as a team, but also an individual, um, accountability, um, you're learning how to fail, you're learning how to win. Um, and really be able to navigate to, you know, and the, the discipline, um, you know, and really working hard. I always say, you know, there's really two, two rules in my book. It's, you know, work hard and no shortcuts. Um, you know, that's, that's how you get to where you want to be. That's really excellent advice. And so simple, so memorable. Mm -hmm. So when you're looking at a busy week, cause I know your schedule's busy. How do you prepare for a good week? Maybe mentally, physically, what's your, what's on your radar? Sunday nights are my night. Um, that's my alone time. I just need an hour. Um, but it's really with the door shut. Okay. What, what does this look like, um, for me, um, this week, what are the hurdles that we need to jump through mountains that we need to move? What needs to happen? And then that way there's a strategy put together, um, you know, on Sunday nights. And then, you know, my mornings are key to me as well. <laughs> are you a super routine person? I'm just kind of curious. I am, but I like to pivot a lot too, um, just to keep it interesting. Um, if I get too mundane, I'll switch it up. Okay. Are there any non-negotiables in your morning? Um, I have to have my coffee. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, I work kindred spirits and I'm sure many are listening. It's like, that, that's like your fuel. 
So normally I, I, you know, on work days, I'll drive through and pick something up just because it feels like it feels like a treat. And today I was like, you know what? I'm going to skip that $5 Starbucks. And I tried to make my own latte here and I was sorely disappointed. And I thought, you know what? Those $5 are good for my mental health. So yeah, I always say when you get my age, you just don't compromise on just a couple of things. One of them is coffee. (laughs) That's great. Okay. So as a business leader, how are you casting a vision for the future with your team and also just kind of looking ahead for where the industry is going? Well, that's what it's all about. It's just forward thinking. What does the business look like? Not today, but where it's going in the future. And so really having that transparency with the teams and setting that foundation so they fully understand where we're going and then walking the walk, talking the talk, going back and living by the values and the principles that we set forth here at Barron. Um, I really think that that kind of keeps us grounded as a company when difficult times, you know, are presented. For instance, COVID, you know, there were a lot of questions. What do we do? Let's go back to our core values. What does that say about our company? That's what we live by. And if we're going by those core values and principles, that will keep us sound in making the decisions moving forward, whatever that may be. So you bring up core values and, you know, I see that a lot of companies, they use those words. How do you guys make sure that they end up being more than just words on a wall? How's that incorporated into your day-to-day? I think uh, the leaders here, what we've done is we talk about it. So it is really brought up in every decision, you know, decision that we make. And if there's behavior that needs, we have a coaching opportunity or something that may require a little bit of counseling, those values, those principles are what we live by. And so those are prime opportunities to bring those in um, during, uh, you know, um, brainstorming sessions, during coaching sessions, during training sessions, whatever that may be. Us as leaders, we're always inserting those values. So that your team gets so familiar with it being kind of the ruling stick, the standard is like, even when things, I love how you mentioned, even when things get chaotic, if you have those things that you can go back and measure against, it makes decision-making, I'm sure so much easier for anyone in the company because they can go back and say, even if, you know, some leadership isn't here, I know what our values are. Correct. And I think it's a good foundation. Um, And it helps with tricky times like today, you know, sometimes it can get a little bit messy out there as far as what to do. And it always goes back to one of our core values and uh, philosophies is always do the right thing. So what is the right thing to do? Um, Sometimes that's taking the high road or, you know, whatever it may be. So how you, you mentioned some of the challenges. Do you have a process for really problem solving or facing challenges that has worked for you? You know, I think as as it relates to, you know, the challenges, I always ask questions. So if there is a challenge in front of us, I feel like I am just the master of asking questions, getting different perspectives. I feel like I understand the personality, the differences in personality amongst our team. And so I truly try and seek different perspectives to truly understand how to make that educated decision and how to move forward. Um I, once I've made that decision, I can, my mind can be changed certainly, but you need to talk me into it. So, because there has been a lot of, you know, questions that have been asked and tell me why you think this, what, you know, and they're different personalities. Um, so I think that that amongst the group at Barron and the leadership group, leadership group, 
there are so many different personalities within our core. Um, I think that makes us so, so valuable um, just because the diversity of perspectives that comes to the table is, is unbelievable. So it really helps you get, you know, both sides of the equation, if you will. Do you feel that that's something that you've gotten better with over time, asking questions of your team? For sure. I, I would say that, you know, I've always been one to make quick decisions. Um, sometimes in the field, you're forced to. Um, and so um, being in the leadership role that I am today, there is a little bit more of a pause um, to decision making and because there are, you know, larger decisions that you're making. So there's a lot more questions um, really it's, uh, the, it's inquisitive of help me understand a little bit more. Um, what's the risk? Um, you know, what are we looking at as a whole here before we start making these decisions and the impact that could affect our future? I appreciate that you brought out the balance of being a quick and decisive decision maker, which oftentimes is needed, but then the power of the pause that allows you to ask those questions. And I kind of ask that question selfishly, because I feel that's something that just in the last few years, I've really embraced a lot more because I've always been decisive, but seeing the value in taking that pause and looking at the different perspectives, I think as we get older with more experience, we see the value in that. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And I think with larger decision-making, um, that it, that's needed. I think that the quick impulse decision-making, there's a time and a place for that, um, but there's also a time for to practice the pause is what I say. That's true, especially as you grow in an organization, like you're saying, the decisions get a little weightier. And so being, you know, quick isn't always the right approach. So with things today, it seems like everything feels like urgent. I feel like today, everything wants your attention. Everything is a sense of urgency. How do you decide where you're going to prioritize your time and energy? Well, we call it the significance test. Um, so at the, you know, what today, what decision will I make today that I need to make that will make the most positive impact on the company and what decision, if I don't make today, or if I don't attend to this today, will have the largest negative impact on the company. So it's really just keeping that balance, understanding going into each week, okay, here's where, you know, where we need to keep the main goal, you know, and making those decisions as you go along the way. That's great advice. So what about delegation? How do you handle that, especially as you continue to have more and more that you're overseeing? You know, I think it's the power of the people. You've got to have strong people. The delegation is huge for me. And I am just so grateful to have incredible people surrounding me and within this organization because they're so talented. They are, everyone is truly um you know, uh, interested and invested in each other. And we really want to succeed as a team. And so the delegation piece is really, um, you know, it's, it's important to allow people to grow within their careers. But I also think that um, it, it, it's a team atmosphere here at Barron and everybody just rolls their sleeves up and, you know, here's what I'll take. And everybody has their own piece that they'll take. So is there anything that you're attached to that you don't like to delegate? <laughs> probably the development side with uh what i call the value um the product um you know what are we building what is you know what do the floor plans you know what does that look like how are we going to integrate this into the resident experience what does the resident experience feel like 
Um, those are the things that, you know, I'm near and dear to. Um, I have a lot of passion about that. So yes, it's, you know, I have learned to delegate that a little bit, but I'm still pretty involved in that space. That sounds like that's where your passion and proficiency intersect. And you're just saying, you know what, this is my, this is my baby. And it it makes sense for business. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. You know, I think that people, the people piece uh, as well, um, you know, as you start to, to climb that ladder, right. The, the, you know, the field and the interaction with the people, that is a space that I don't think I'll ever want to lose touch of. Um, I, it's all about the people for me. And, um, I think that probably brings me the best and the most joy in my day is being able to have that connectivity, see people grow throughout their careers, not only in their, their professional life, but their personal life as well. Um, they have tenure with Barron or, you know, within the organization and we've helped them, you know, to achieve the goals that they want to. That's really a huge piece of mine that I, you know, as I'm always involved regardless of, you know, where the, you know, our maintenance technicians are today, you know, how many children do they have, you know, how their kids are doing in school. Um, that's a huge piece for me as well. I'm not surprised because you might be surprised that I remember that when you and I met at the community that we were meeting at specific, I think it was a, a pretty new or newish lease up. I noticed that about you. You took an interest in every single team member and there was a maintenance man that had come in and you took a specific interest in asking him some questions. And I really appreciated that quality because it felt like even though you were there to kind of head up things it didn't feel like anybody else was excluded or less than. And I'm sure that that's probably been a part of your success, even though it's just part of who you are. Well, you know, I think that just comes naturally as it relates to, you know, what my passion is. And I think it all is back to the people. Yeah. So let's talk about a challenge being a woman in this industry. Have you faced challenges as you've continued to, you talked about climbing that ladder to grow in your career. Mm-hmm. You know, it's interesting. Um, I was thinking about that question, Barbara, and the first thing that came to my mind is the biggest challenge is being a mom and a professional. Um, you know, you think about the challenges that you come up as a woman in the in the you know in the corporate level space. But I will say, for me, being a mom and being able to ju- to juggle that has been super tricky, especially with the travel yeah. uh, that I do on a weekly basis. But um, we've learned to manage. I've got some great support at home and, um, it's working as it relates to the professional environment. Um, I, you know, it's interesting. I would love to see more women in our space. However, I want to see more qualified women in our space, meaning how do we expose the younger generation to what we do? So these individuals can learn and become knowledgeable within this space and can insert themselves into this space and be an active part of this space versus just meeting a quota, if you will. Um, I think that they're, they're you know, um, it, I think we're getting there, yeah. uh, but it is, it is a little bit lonely sometimes um, when you're going to conferences and it's predominantly, you know, a male environment. Um, you know, I don't have an issue with it, but, you know, it would be great to see more females in this space. You bring up two things. So when you talk about being a mom, anytime I feel, I think I shared this with you. If I feel busy, I just remind myself of all the moms that are out there because I don't have kids yet. And so I think to myself, 
What am I complaining about? I've got nobody to juggle but myself and my husband. And so do you have those weeks where you look back and you're like, yes, I did great in both arenas? Or are more of them like weeks where you're like, I crushed it at work, not so great on the mom front. And this week I crushed it as a mom and struggled. What does that look like for you? You know, I think at first it was hard. Um, I, I'm not going to lie. It was it was really difficult to manage. The guilt is real, you know, to all the ladies out there and the new moms. The guilt is real. So prepare yourselves. Um, but I think as time goes on, you learned. And as you get older, you you just learn to forgive yourself a little bit more and know that you're really trying the best that you can each and every day. And if you're really in that space, you know, your children will know. They'll know. Yeah. Um, trying to do. And I think that's the biggest reward is to be able to, you know, have a child or children be able to, you know, to appreciate what you do as they start to get older. Absolutely. I think once you get, once you become a, you know, a grown up, you're like, how did my mom do it all? You have a huge appreciation. I know I have one and I don't see how anybody beyond just one, they do it. But, um, it's, it's, uh, my hat goes out to all of, you know, those women. So I think many women will feel really excited to hear you say this, just to know that they're not alone in the feelings. Yeah. And I really also appreciated kind of to pin the second thing that you mentioned when you and I talked about this earlier, I, I love the perspective of saying qualified women, getting people exposed to learning the qualifications. No, nobody wants to fill a role just because they need to be a part of a quota that is being met. And I think that is so cool that it's more about educating exposure and getting those skills along the way so that when the opportunity presents, it isn't about, oh, it's because you're a woman. It's about because, no, you're the most qualified for this role. Correct. Correct. And I think that's huge. And how do we do that? You know, how do we do that as women in, in this space? It's really trying to reach out, maybe this podcast, right? Um, we'll reach out to those younger women in, you know, new, you know, they're coming up new in their career. Is this a space you really want to be in? Don't be afraid, you know, to jump into it. Um, and um, I think that's how, you know, the, the outreach will be important for us women in this space to really try and help increase the size of the female. Absolutely. I think too, you mentioned something, sometimes people feel they don't have a mentor, but podcast books, reaching out to someone at an event, even paying for an event to go yourself and investing in yourself. Those are all ways to really set yourself up for learning those things. Um, So I'm curious to know, what is something that maybe you're working on right now on improving, whether it's professionally or something in your life? So I've got this this new book, um, Atomic Habits. Have you heard of this? Oh my gosh. I preach it. I love this book. So I just bought it. I have yet to read one word into it, but it's really, as you know, about the small habits, changing those small habits to make a huge impact. And gosh, is that so true? Um, So let's start off small because, you know, it can seem so daunting, especially when you've got so much on your plate. Um, that's kind of my new, you know, uh, mantra this year is really trying to shift those small habits to get the biggest results. I love that the little 1% that adds up to be such a big yeah. thing at the end of the year. Let me know how that hap- how that works this okay. year for you. I'll let you know what changes. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So just a couple more questions. This podcast is all about not just marketing home, but marketing you as a professional, how do you think a person can better market or present themselves so that when an opportunity comes, they're ready for it? 
You know, I think a lot, I see a lot of on social media, I, I see a lot out there where people are trying to be something perhaps that may not be their true passion. Mm-hmm. What I would say to those out there is find your sweet spot, find what you love, find the passion and master it and be who you are. Because if that, if you find that you are going to get where you want to go in life, that's, that would be the the biggest piece of it. And, you know, it's very easy to start comparing, you know, I see this with my little, my little girl comparing on the social media, right? And it's, it's, we really need to, I, I'm a believer in being your indiv- your own individual. And what do you bring to the table? It's not about you comparing yourself to everybody else. What, what, what's the authenticity that you bring to the table? So if we, that would be what I would, you know, um, tell anyone, you know, moving forward in their career, just be authentic, be who you are and master it. That is such good advice because you don't have to then keep remembering who you were portraying. It's like, this is just who I am. Yeah. And you dig down into those qualities. I think that's so cool because even like you and I are talking here and I was sharing that with a younger, uh, uh, younger um, interviewee the other day. And we were, I was saying, you know, it's so nice that instead of feeling in competition, I can recognize incredible strengths and I can say, oh man, I want to pick this up and try to have this level of energy or enthusiasm or professionalism. When, when that was one thing I always felt you were very professional, approachable. And so it's like we pick up these qualities and then we embody them. But in a way, like you said, that's that's authentic to us. And I think people feel that when you're really being who you who you are. Yeah. I think that's what stands out. And, and, you know, that's and you really want to encourage people finding where their sweet spot is, especially with employees within the organization. Perhaps they're hired for one role, but that role is really, you find out that their skill set is really over here and that they're really good in this particular area. Let's make that transition. Let's not be afraid to do that. This is where they're excelling. Um, and quite frankly, that's their default. So they're, you know, they'll go home refreshed every day, you know, uh, versus being exhausted because they're trying to be something that they're not. Absolutely. So that plays into then the leadership, the pairing of the different opportunities. Okay, so to wrap up this great conversation, if you and I are talking a year from today, what would have made this year a big success? You know, I think that if we have everyone in our company who's leveled up just one notch, the company in itself is a better company. And so again, it goes back to the people. How do we invest in our people? How do we how do we mentor our people? How do we be a teammate to our people to help us move as one unit, one mission um, to get there. And I think if we can, if we can have everyone level up, as I say, just level up one notch this year, we'll move up as a company. We'll continue to do that. Such great advice. Thank you so much for joining me. This conversation has been so fun. And I just appreciate how you are elevating the game and elevating what it means to not just be a woman in multifamily, but just to be a leader in multifamily as a whole. So Liz, thank you again for accepting my invitation. Thanks, Barbara. I appreciate it. Yeah. <laughs>